Yo, 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 welcome back to the night audit. Don't mind me, I'm just chilling with my friends here uh, at the park. This is where we like to go to just have conversation when I don't have guests for the podcast. But luckily today we do have a guest for the podcast. He's actually a really close friend of mine, someone I've known my entire life. Parsa, I want to thank you so much for giving your time because this conversation was actually one of the best conversations I've had, period, in such a long time. And I'm so glad we got it recorded. By the way, if you haven't seen the bonus episode, the precursor to this podcast, Go check that out. Link is in the description as always. But yeah, this is the night audit. So of course we recorded this at like 1 a.m. I don't do intros in the podcast. So I got to do stuff like this where, you know, I'm just chilling with the homies at the park at midnight. Um, yeah. Hey, Josh, did you listen to the, po- you did? Did you listen to the bonus? Did you rate it five stars? Oh, you didn't? Guys, make sure you rate it five stars. Josh, come on, man. Kind of a fake friend. Like, <laughs> seriously, bro? It's not cool. Make sure you rate the podcast like five stars. Six stars, if that's even an option. And just a little bit of context. I don't think we covered in the podcast. Maybe we do. Pars is taking computer science in university right now. So he's honestly like, I'm shocked at how intellectual and complex that course is. I'm obviously taking a lot of courses in university. I'm very highly intellectual and very well thought out and articulate and definitely no ramble. Without further ado, let's get right into the podcast. Let me shut up. Josh, we're going home. Come on, Josh. Oh, Josh, what are you doing? Oh. Get on your leash. I actually had a point to add what we were... Um talking about earlier yeah yeah let's keep going on um i think i said something and you were like you said did you just come up with that and i was like oh yeah it's just the i guess what i've heard and i'm repeating it but whether or not that's like original thought or not mm. one of the interesting things i've heard about the difference between like someone who gives good talks and good lectures that are engaging and compelling is that like if you take someone like a high school teacher who doesn't necessarily know the content that they're teaching mm. it's almost like before a lesson they're relearning the things in a very linear way just so that they can regurgitate that information right back to the students they can reteach it to them but that's not necessarily an easy way to understand information like if i learn something only one way using one combination of words and i try to say that back to you i'm not gonna be able to do it as well as say like a professor of that topic would but the whole idea there is that to be able to explain something in a way that's compelling and easy to understand you don't just have to understand it in a linear way you have to understand it in all the different ways, mm. encompassing all of the different routes so that every time you go to explain it or every time you go to talk about it, you can take a different route through there because conversation takes different turns. Mm. You're not going to be able to use the same combinations of words that they did. Right. You know, unless you, you memorize it and it's not going to come out the, the, the way that they said it. It's not going to come out in such a compelling way that makes that much sense because it's like your understanding is not that comprehensive. It makes me wonder if robots will, or AI will ever be able to have communication like a human being because like what you just said there's so many elements to to conversation you know like you may not be able to say it linearly because or you can't say it linearly because there is like context to the conversation the setting the emotional like the the emotion on, on their face that you're reading subconsciously then that alters how you speak or yeah. the mood that you're in based off context in your day it's like there's so many elements to human communication of course you can't learn something linearly and then repeat it you know you have to understand it like you know that's kind of why i mentioned earlier when you were telling me about your computer uh science course was a science yeah computer computer science science. um that you understood it so well is because you were able to explain it to me in simple terms that often tends to be the hardest thing to do yeah absolutely. if you don't understand something well like i'm doing now i'm rambling about it because i this is the, one of the first times that i've thought about this concept mm. right so that's that's how I feel I can tell a good professor to, when I was in school, right? Absolutely. So it's yeah. like, I feel like that's also the difference between original thought and like linear regurgitation. It's like, even these sources might be external things. It's like, 
your knowledge might come from 10 different pieces of literature, but if you can put that together in your own combination of words, taking a different avenue every time you explain it, then that's like an original line of thought because you're adding in your own oh, experience mm, on top of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I can read a passage and memorize it and repeat it back to you. And I don't think either of us would consider that original thought right. or original speech. Even if you said it here in this context, you know, like True. I don't consider that True. original thought. I mean, I'm just saying what someone else said, but if I read about that topic and from different people, add in my own experience and then you add in your own context in the conversation and you take a different route than has ever been said before. That's when I feel like it's interesting though, because that route has probably been said before. You're just unaware of it mm. or that's not where the original idea that you, when you learned about this topic came from. Right. So I don't know. It's again, it's probably a paradox. Like you probably, probably yeah, yeah, but it is an interesting thought experiment for sure. What is original thought? And then, and then being aware, like we talked about this earlier, but being aware of your thoughts and where they come from. And I think not identifying with your thoughts is important as well. What do you mean by not associating with your thoughts? Is that what you said? Yeah, because remember how we were talking about, or I brought up the idea that maybe thoughts are, like they, they, they already existed before you thought them. There's operating in streams of consciousness that you were able to tap into in that moment in time. Mm-hmm. So not identifying with them, I think it's important because let's say you have like a, a negative thought, you know, rather than assuming that negative thought is because of you, rather than it is, it is its own separate entity is, um, is dangerous because when you start associating things with yourself that aren't actually in your control, because hmm. to a certain extent, thoughts aren't always in your control, then that can lead down a, a dangerous path. Absolutely. Right? That's where I feel like people who fall into depression start to spiral because, I think so yeah I think yeah. one of the interesting classifications of a difference between someone who's depressed and someone who's not is something negative happens to a person who's not depressed and it happens to them and they process it and they're like this is one crappy thing that happened maybe yeah. I'm not having a great day tomorrow I'll be better or whatever I'm not going to let it affect my mood too much you know whatever positive outlook you can have on it but that same thing happens to someone with depressive thoughts or someone who's in a depressive state and or someone who identifies with their thoughts. I d- identifies with those thoughts and they have the depressive thought and they go, well, it's because none of the things in my life have been going well. Right. My day hasn't been going great because I'm not great. Right. I haven't been doing good. I haven't been doing good forever. When's the last time I had a good day? When's the last time I had a good thought? You know, and the, it's like, it's like one small thing is enough to topple them into this negative spiral. Exactly. So it's like, how, how sensitive are you to falling into that spiral? I mean, I think anyone is susceptible to that. I want to know about your experience in dubai i think there's i don't know i don't know if you're willing to put this out into the public yet but yeah i already made a i actually just made a podcast kind of like talking about the in-depth i'm happy to talk about it even more in depth because a lot that i didn't share but like i don't know maybe since i've already made one talking about like the storyline maybe are there any specific questions or anything you want to know in particular about what's next that's a great question i don't know you don't know i don't know yeah I have a, I have a few things in the works. I feel like what happens a lot in my life is I'll have three or four or like a couple, whatever, half ideas, mm-hmm. and they're the basis of whether or not they become real ideas is out of my control. So I just keep living my life, and then once one of them becomes solid, I take that opportunity. So right now I have an opportunity to work in Portugal for an agency, my friend's agency. Really? And uh, yeah, so I've been doing social media for him, and I would also double as the an agent 
because I have access to so many footballers around the world mm-hmm. through my social media that, you know, it's a good opportunity to help other kids get oppor- opportunity. It's a good opportunity to help kids get opportunity. So that's, that's yeah. also football? Yeah, soccer. So, yeah, yeah, football. Yeah, what the fuck did I correct you? <laughs> I'm trying to use it in your terms. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that, okay, that's one opportunity. Mm-hmm. And obviously the other one that I've been considering a lot recently is going to university. Because even when you're talking to me about your courses, I'm like thinking more and more like, yeah, I kind of do want that experience. Mm. Um, and playing, you know, for a team in university or college in the States. I don't know. The, the thing is right now, I actually just don't know. So the, the agency thing, I'm waiting to hear for that to be finalized. And then the university thing, obviously, I would probably apply for the fall. You have your high school degree, right? Yeah, I'd apply for the, hall, the fall semester. So mm-hmm. I have a little bit of time to decide, but I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think you just need to start like doing some base level research. I mean, look mm. at like I'm sure there's a program that's exactly what you want it to be. I mean, even through playing soccer, I mean, there's great opportunities. Like kids at my school, you know, Carlton, like that play on the team, like they take it super seriously and they get signed contracts, contracts. And a lot of the time, like I don't know if they're like insanely great players. I mean, I haven't seen you play in, in years, but the point is that like they get scholarships through school and they get to play all the time and it's not necessarily as relevant i mean you get to also take a degree i mean it doesn't really matter what you want to do but you get to do a degree in it and it's, yeah it's like something you get to do on top of it i mean not what would you want to study like something like business bro that's the thing i don't know like when i hear you talk about computer science part of me is like fuck i really want to learn a lot really yeah but then when I talk to someone about business i'm like yeah that's what i really want to do and then social media i'm like yeah, that's really what i want to do really but, yeah do. Huh. It's a bit tricky. There's a lot of different things I want to do. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, how did you, like, did you ever have any doubts? Yeah, about school. I don't know. I mean, I think that any other possible avenue that I even considered, it didn't resonate with me as much as, like, making video games did. As, like, silly as that sounds. I mean, like, the the... Like, the essays that I wrote about, which are obviously, like, like to get into school, which are obviously dramatized and, like, made to seem out to, like, this crazy, like, life experience, like, still have, like, an element of truth to it. Like, what I talk about is, in those essays, is how, like, me and you weren't really close growing up, and, like, we'd always fight, and the only time we'd really get along and have that, like, brotherly connection that I was seeking was through playing video games. Oh, shit. And, like, that was basically what I wrote about, and, like... Yeah, and there's an element of truth to that. Like, that's how I got into them. Like, me and Yasha would just sit and play video games, and that was the only time we weren't bickering or fighting and, like, actually experiencing that divide in the relationship that we've had for so long. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like by proxy, as I got older, I just got more curious and, like, something about building something that you could play and partake in and, like, show people and they could try and they could have fun and, like, change it and they're making their own things. Like, it was just fascinating Mm. to me. I mean, I I was, like, 10, 11 years old and I, I couldn't get enough of it and I was, like this is what I want to do. How do I do it? And, you know, my dad's like a tech guy. And he's like, oh, you can study computer science. Like, <laughs> computer science is not all coding and it's not all computers, uh, all game development and stuff. But it, it is like an interesting avenue to go about because it's like, it's just, it's, it's, I'm of the belief that it's probably one of the most valuable degrees that you can get uh, just because of how digital the world's going and yeah. how, how many different things you can apply it to. I mean, I'm not necessarily learning everything like, I'm not taking a game design course. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I have, like, one or two classes in that, but my degree is not in game development. I'm learning tons of stuff. Like, this, mm. like, theoretical mathematics. Like, stuff I'll never apply to it, but things that I can, like, use in a context where, like, I can work somewhere that's not necessarily a, a 
game design company or like I can make my own startup with my knowledge of computer science it doesn't necessarily have to do with game design like it's 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 a comprehensive and it opens up a lot of options but I think something like business was always pretty interesting and like music for a while I mean I was like getting all these opportunities probably just because I was doing it so much and I was playing the bass which is like a rare instrument but like at some point like me and my mom were having a conversation she was like is this really something you want to do like I don't like I see you putting in work and you tell me that you love it but like I don't see you like sitting down practicing for hours you know like is this something you would want to do because you could do it you know like someone who at your young age who started and something like the bass which is rare like your teacher like someone like Dylan like you could be like him if you wanted to but I was like and it's not necessarily out of a place of necessity either it's 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 out of a place of passion Mm -hmm. I mean it's a it's a separate topic obviously Mm -hmm. but it's like people say that you know to quote Andrew Tate but it's like Love quoting. Like, love saying that. But it's not true. Quote the top G, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Keep going. It, it's, it's not necessarily true to say that money buys happiness, but yeah. money does buy freedom and freedom buys happiness. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I obviously had the privilege where I could choose what I wanted. It's interesting how you talked about how AI and, an, and a degree in computer science is going to be the most valuable or at least one of the most, because I agree with that. Like, I don't necessarily believe that you... I think I think you're delusional if you think you need a degree, like period. Really? Well, computer science, yes, but like in life, I don't think college is the avenue for everyone. Okay, I wasn't sure if I was gonna talk about this one because you went to. No, no. I mean, yeah. like, even if even if I was of the firm believer, you're more than welcome to disagree with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but like as someone who's lived that experience, I'm telling you right now that like, like fraternities and like Greek life and stuff, like there's hundreds and hundreds of kids. I've seen who are going to school right now because their parents want them going to school and they're taking the most write-off degree they could possibly do and their day-to-day consists of getting drunk, partying, and talking to girls and like oh yeah that's their life basically but like that's I don't know like they're 20, 21 years old and they're taking you know their commerce classes or their art history class and it's like I don't know. I don't know if there's necessarily a degree of value in that. I mean, I don't know them and I'm generalizing, but it's just of my own experience and what I've seen. But right. I don't know. I mean, I think something like computer science, I think a degree is very valuable because even if you're not necessarily going to be applying all the knowledge, it's like it definitely does build a fundamental base for it. I mean, like what's, what's interesting is that you look at, there's, there's this common idea in computer science where no programmer goes without Google for more than five minutes oh. at a time at a session. And it's absolutely true because not one programmer knows everything about computer science. Mm. I mean, the internet is your best friend, but that doesn't mean that, you know, Joe Schmo can sit down and write code at the same level as someone who's gotten a four-year degree in computer science. And there's a, there's a fundamental level of knowledge that you learn there, even through that process of problem solving and you know, going through those grueling assignments, as painful as they are, they teach valuable lessons, you know, so I don't know if you, you get the same thing from other degrees. I mean, I think that there's other ones that are necessary, but like something like business, it's like, I don't know if you need a business degree to start a business. Yeah. I think that's one of those things where experience is more valuable than yeah. theory. Yeah. No, that's what I was going to say, because some people have told, talked to me, trying to convince me to go to university and they'll be like, you know, I know you're into social media. Why not go to university to study something in the, within that realm? And I've thought about it and like, obviously I agree with him, but then I go and think about that question and I feel like the experience I've gained, even from just traveling to Dubai and putting myself out there, going to creator events, meeting other 
people, like the, the connections I've made would never, um, and the experience I gained doing it in the field, like around people that ha- were more successful than me, um, provided more experience than if I were to go to school and do like a course on marketing or like learning how to best market myself um, with like obviously the, the infinite resources we have online, different tips and tricks on YouTube or whatever and applying that into my own life. Learning how to market myself is better than understanding maybe the fundamentals of marketing in general mm. from a course. And so that's where I agree with you. And those more applicable skills, I 100% think that obviously university is a, is a choice that you can make. It's not a necessary one, but when it comes to being a doctor and when it comes to being a lawyer... Oh, yeah. You I mean, to, you, you don't want your doctor to not, like, have that knowledge. 100%. You know, like, when it comes to that, like, you, you if your lawyer comes to you and she's never been to college, you're going to lose your fucking mind. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you going to yeah. rely on that person to keep you out of jail or, or whatever? You yeah. know what but I mean? in a way, if I have a social media marketer i would almost rather see the raw experience than a degree absolutely i mean like my my friend adam who i mentioned earlier he's in business and he says one of the things he likes about it is that this school specifically it's not some fossil who's never run a business in his life sitting there explaining business i mean like it's a guy in his young 30s like his business class is a, a young guy in his 30s who makes who's works at this big company or like started fresh lights has millions of dollars has like a sick whip outside and like he's doing he's there for fun and he teaches on the side see that's the that's the ideal the professor. ideal professor absolutely yeah. because it's like he doesn't need to be there yeah. he's there out of the for joy and making some money but not a lot i mean he's a he's a teacher right at the end of the day but it's like but it's like that's a person who you, you don't want someone who's never ran a business to teach you about business you know i mean theory will only take you so far mm. so and I find, I find the bit of an issue with university in the sense that well, it's not an issue so much with university itself, but the way that our society's been structured around the pressure of going to university. Because I know a lot of my friends and a lot of people have told me that they're friends, et cetera, that, who feel so pressured that they don't actually know what they want to do. So they do something for the sake of doing it. Absolutely. And that's a bit tricky, too, because it's like I, I feel like these are such prime years of our life where we're still exploring ourselves, exploring the world and and to be forced into a niche and especially in a system that takes so much of your time limits your ability to truly understand and formulate your own original ideas about what you like, what you're, what, mm. uh, what the world is, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting system that's been, that's been set in place. Obviously very different people that know right off the bat, this is what I want to do. This is what I love. And they go right into that fair play, but. I think the majority of people don't know what they're doing. No, I don't think so either. I mean, it it comes back to the idea that you're saying of like life is inherently intuitive. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's only intuitive if you listen to your intuition, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I mean, your intuition might not, not necessarily be correct. Like one of the things that Peterson talks about in his book is that, you know, you don't know what to do. That's fine. Do something, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter what you can do. Do the best thing that you can think of that you can do. And for some people that might be university, but what's interesting is once you actually put in a plan in place and you start to actualize it and you start to take action even if it wasn't the necessarily the best plan or the best way to go about things or as soon as you do it your vision starts to clear your intuition becomes sharper you understand the next plan better the next decision better and then you can make a better decision that way you get clarity through action exactly yeah could right so it's like if even if you're following your intuition it's like the same thing with making your bed every morning it's like that might seem like a small thing, but if it's a small thing that you don't do, do it. See what else makes itself known to you because things will make themselves known to you. Things that need fixing, things that need help will clarify themselves to you. Like they, it's not 
unknown. It's not this idea of what do I do? You know what you're supposed to do. It's, it's, it is all intuitive. Damn. I can process on for a second. That was fucking fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good book. What's it called? Put you on. It's 12 Rules for Life. Jordan Peterson? No. Yeah. It's a great book. It's very religious. <clears throat> ah. Religion's interesting. I want to learn more about all different religions. As do I. Yeah. Yeah, I think after reading that book, it's the first time I really like read thought about religion in any sort of serious manner you know like like growing up this is obviously a very different topic but like my parents were very much scarred from religion i mean they grew up in a you know islamic public and like their families were ran through by religion their government was ran by religion and they firsthand saw the damage that it can do and it sort of let that bitter taste in their mouth when they're raising children that they would explain that side of it to things but like in terms of the the guidance and the moral hierarchy that comes inherently with religion, I feel like a lot of that was lost on me. I was just thought of it as like an inherently destructive thing. Mm. For the longest time, I just mm. saw religion as an inherently destructive thing. Which, mm. like, now that I think about it, it's like it's such a, such a crazy thought process. Yeah. No, so it's like yeah. even reading that book. I mean, the last it's a twelve chapter book, and the last six chapters get very religious, and I, I wasn't even. I was reading it and at the start I was like, oh, like this is not necessarily what I wanted to read this for. I'm a little bit annoyed by this. But in the way he would break down these like biblical stories, like something like Adam and Eve, like one of the chapters is about how Adam and Eve relates to like fundamental ideas of masculinity and femininity and the idea of knowledge versus, um, versus ignorance or the idea of chaos versus order and like how these apply to like real life and morality that and guidelines that can actually be put in like that are tangible oh, ideas it's like yeah. i never even thought of it that way at all to begin with yeah. it's like I, I never thought so, thought it could be something that wasn't just a t- tyrannical idea mm. it's almost like the human being corrupts the the perfect knowledge in a way that's that's a theme that's riddled throughout history as well you know like it's always the the means by with which we use these ideas that that creates the the what's it called the perception of them you know and it's not the idea itself that's um that's inherently bad it's in a way it's us it's almost like we're born with the capability to either create or destroy Mm. uh, as human beings and we'll take something as you know objectively beautiful as religion can be because really like especially going to dubai and seeing you know just the 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 vote or the dedication to an idea and the unity that it brings to the people like when when the prayer call happens everyone goes together there's no like you get i could at least i'm just assuming here but there's no like oh you're this race i'm this race you're this color i'm this color we all go we all pray and we're all on the same hmm. level you know i feel like that is what religion does best sometimes but then when you add in human beings and you start to bring in the I'm better than you because of X, Y, or Z, or like, I'm a male, I'm a man, so I have sovereignty over you as a, or you as a female, right? Like, it's, then they can take these ideas that religion brings and sort of use them to further their own corrupt ideologies. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a, a means to actualize or to justify, the, yeah, like, tyranny, essentially. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the fundamental idea. But Which is, yeah, really sad, you know. It is very sad, but it's like, then then you look at the opposite side of the spectrum I mean, like an atheistic society if you can even picture one or if you see western society that way perhaps it is perhaps not i think it's open to debate but 
I think it is. I think it's closer to that than... I think it's getting there. I think more yeah. and more people are starting to identify as atheistic, but it's like the the guidelines and the rubric for morality is so, so foggy and it's so unclear and there is no lines that can't be crossed anymore or, or lines are being drawn in the sand every single day and there's this constant debate, what's okay, what's not okay, what what is okay to think, what's okay to say, what's okay to act. Like People, people have no idea and it's just... It, you definitely are seeing chaos there. I mean, that it's it's unraveling in the yeah. worst possible way, yeah. you know? And it's like, I don't know if religion is necessarily the lesser of two evils with its implications. I mean, but it, it at least provides some guidelines. I mean, even if you don't take everything away from religion, you can take its moral guidelines. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's that easy to, to quantify morality, but religion offers a solution at least yeah i agree and i think it also offers a um a reason to have faith and i think even though faith is a concept that people can can uh sort of counter by using science and and trying to objectify their experiences living in a base reality but i think faith is an important aspect to a human being because it's something that we can create to be real you know, whether or not a God exists, whether or not there is a quote-unquote reason to have faith, when a human being has faith in a greater power, when a human being has faith in in, in their, yeah, in, in a higher power, magical things happen. They are able to pull off feats that maybe someone who didn't have the same undying faith would be able to do. You know, so it's almost like whether or not God is real isn't so much, isn't really the question that we should be asking. It's, you know, what, to what extent are human beings capable of creating a reality in which they're invincible in a sense, right? Like it's, because mm. I don't know, it's, it's super difficult for me to try and like put that thought into words as was probably evident, but. Yeah, well, what do you mean by invincible? Well, because faith sort of makes people feel invincible right it was through faith in god that people created either acts of like destruction or creation right mm-hmm. it, it brought it brings so many people together and destroys so many people how could you do that without um a reason outside of yourself i don't know how to explain it i'm trying to figure out no how to i totally yeah. i totally get what you mean 100 percent. it's it's almost the same thing it's like how can you possibly find success without necessity without deprivation when you don't have anything else you know what i mean yeah exactly it's like what are you gonna do when you really have no other option you know when when you can't when you when failing not not to put this in the the cliche way of like failure is not an option but what do you do when it's literally not an option Mm. when it's not a path that you could possibly take when you have to succeed or else everything's lost Mm. you know what i mean i mean like you, you really do have to put you're all into something in that sense. It's like, I don't know. Like if I kind of lost my chain of thought there, it's hard to put these things. So Cause I can be so convinced that I have an idea that is concrete. And then I try to put it into words, communicate to another human being. And it's like, totally. It's insane.
Tell me a little bit about your your own like spiritual journey or your own experience with religion. Um. Where do I start with that? I don't really know how to like quantify it, you know, because I don't feel I can't. It's not like there's been points on my journey that I've been like, oh, this is an experience that leveled me up or and this is another experience that leveled me up or hmm. changed my perspective. It's more of just like, uh, I try and live life as open to like all ideas as possible, as open to and receptive to the experiences I'm experiencing to be as self-aware as possible. And I feel like that in itself is my spiritual journey. It's not so much something that I can be like, oh yeah, step one, step two, step three. Mm-hmm. It's more like I've just lived life trying to see I re- it really comes down to self-awareness because I think through self-awareness you understand that you're more than just the physical body you're, there's more going on than just the mechanisms of biology there's mm. there is an element to this existence that is indescribable and you you cannot possibly portray it and and communicate it through physical means like speech and that's where the self-reflection the meditation comes in um, in terms of quantifiable spiritual journeys, I mean, I was raised in a household of, uh, like, my parents are, they follow a uh, a, uh, a path of Eastern mysticism from, from India called Santmat, and it's a, it's a uh, mixture that takes a lot of different concepts from a lot of different religions and sort of puts it into one even though it's, it's it stems from Sikhism okay. in, in India and that's kind of what I grew up on in terms of the teaching so a lot of my thought is biased towards what I was taught as a kid and right. the thing is they never forced anything on me they never really taught me anything we would just go to the the center that here here in Vancouver for where everyone who's a part of this path gathers and has discussion and listens to talks and mm. sort of it was that sort of uh they call it the science of spirituality because they really try and make it they try, really try and break it down into a a science in a way you know like uh it's t- it would take so long to get into but that's kind of where i started and obviously as i got older i looked into other religions like christianity and and um and uh yeah and judaism and i, I not that not that i've really read any of the bible or uh, even in Islam, the Quran, like I, it's more so just talking to people of different cultures and religions that have expanded mm-hmm. my perspective. And, sorry, that's a really long winded answer. But no, no, I, it's a good way to answer. I mean, where where are you kind of, uh, whereabouts are you now? Like in terms of where have you landed? Like you still follow that religion that your parents do? I mean, do you even consider yourself a, a religious person at this point? I mean, um, spiritual, it, obviously, but yeah, it's interesting. Like I would, I'm, I would still identify with the. I mean, it's dangerous to identify with, with anything so concretely, but I, I wouldn't even say that what they follow is more is a religion, more so a philosophical, like spiritual take on on life that is based in, um, like a the, fundamental idea of religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like whereas you know the I don't know how to, I don't, let me try to think. Let me try to gather my thoughts. Um, but I mean, in terms of where I am now, I'm. I'm I wouldn't root myself in any one way of thinking or any. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't. Hmm. Yeah, just because I think that's that's too. It's too too limiting. I mean, I think we can like. Do you believe in God? Mm-hmm. Yes. Not yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, that, it's a step forward. I mm. mean, well, but the thing is, what is who is God and what is God, mm. right? A lot of people have different ideas about that, and that's where the complications come in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think you can only quantify so much. Like you, you re- it's the same thing. You can only ask so many questions before you get to that same paradox, right? But mm-hmm. it's, I think there are differences in how people see the world in terms of like, I guess you, you maybe if you don't want to call it religion in that concrete sense, but people like even like what you were talking about earlier, like vibrations, like people don't people don't believe in that kind of thing. Like they right. don't even like accept them as real. But I mean, even scientifically now, it's been proven that it's real. Like really? atoms are vibrating on a certain frequency to, that, that determines the density of the object, right? Mm-hmm. And 99% of the atom is empty space. So, uh, well, I forgot why I brought that one up. That was just <laughs> around the fact about atoms. I think, right, because I was talking about right frequency and vibration. Okay, yeah, that has nothing to do with what I was saying. Um, that's a very different topic. Uh, about how nothing is actually real. Because, like, you know, nothing, like this... Even when you're on shrooms or psychedelics, all of a sudden the world changes, right? Mm-hmm. And for all intents and purposes, during that time, that is the world, right? It, it isn't like how you normally see it. It mm. is So the world is very malleable. The world is very subject to change. Mm-hmm. So that's why I believe that, well, not that I, I feel it, but the energy that you're around and that becomes the energy that you are, the energy that you think and whatever you think becomes the world that you exist in mm-hmm. right because you are your world you are your world you don't know how anyone else is existing you can't explain anyone else's existence except for yours mm. and you're the only existence that matters to you really like yeah. if you break it down and um <sighs> of course do you know um you know neil degrasse tyson yeah one of the things he said on joe rogan like Joe asked him if he would ever do psychedelics or if he's ever done them and he said no so I asked him why and he said well the reason I would never do them is because the human brain barely works in terms of it's the way it uses its tools to understand and perceive reality the way that the tools and the neurochemistry is put together it's such a delicate system that and it's so fragile that it breaks so easily that to toy with that is like just dangerous and like that's from the perspective of like probably the most scientific person you could plot of, but like what is your perspective on that? Like you, you said it's malleable, but is mm. it malleable? Is it fragile? I mean, is it like mm. like he he didn't want to risk anything possibly affecting his perception on reality because he fundamentally believed that everything he saw was was reality. everything that there was. Right, right. And he didn't want to compromise that. Yeah, I mean that's his perspective, like I don't think there's one way of... I think this is where you, you get into arguments with people over like unnecessary things when you have a fundamentalist view about anything. Mm. You know, when you believe something is one way or nothing, that's a very binary way of looking at life. And I think life, while it has its binaries, when you dive deep into them, is, is inherently complex and becomes so much more nuanced than a simple separation between, you know, black and white. Mm. Um, so... Whether or not his reality is the only reality is, is obviously up for question, but is him taking psychedelics changing his fundamental reality? I don't know. Like that's for, for me, when I, when I take psychedelics, I feel like my reality hasn't changed, only expanded. 
and I feel like there's value in expansion. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's where I see the benefit in, in taking them. You know, yeah, absolutely. All these well, yeah, one of the things my friend says like about what shrooms are is is like it really just lets your imagination run wild for yeah. a couple hours. I mean, it's like it's so crazy because it's obviously it's an external factor, but it's all in your head. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like it's like you said, it, it expands. It's mm-hmm. all already there. It's just been tapped into. So it's like. Because like what changed? Did the thing change or did your perception of the thing change when you're on shrooms? Like when you see the trees breathing, did the tree is the tree breathing or are you seeing the tree? Because like how are you? How do you actually know? Because in one version of reality where you're sober, the tree's not breathing. But in the other version of reality, after you take a few different elements, the tree is breathing. Hmm. But how do you know the state you're in is a state that's not affected by some compound as well? Maybe. When you're maybe breathing or I don't know, maybe like eating food alters your state of consciousness, just like just like uh, drugs and alcohol would as well. Because I find my state of consciousness is different whether or not I'm fasting or have eaten food or what type of food I'm eating. Really? Yeah. So it's almost like to a very lesser degree. My my ability to concentrate, focus and I know a lot of it has to do with the gut and and the health of your gut. but they're all chemical. They're all chemical changes. One's just in your gut, one's in your brain. And they call your gut the second brain for a reason because it controls all of your, it controls your mood, it controls your emotions. Um, a lot of the times the functions of what we believe to happen in the brain happen in the gut first. And that's why mm. the food that you eat is so important because it does affect you. So maybe it does alter things in, in ever so slightly. Like maybe if you're, gut is is in poor health you you subconsciously see the world grayer whereas when you're on psychedelics or you see the world very like vibrant so maybe if you're if you're fasting you're eating more high like high vibrational food like not super processed and, and dense you see the world brighter right like subconsciously mm. potentially um but i forget i forget what i was fucking talking about no i mean i think that's a really cool way to put it but it's like I don't know. I mean, is it is it necessarily? My my question is like, is like when you have um, when you say something like, is the tree really breathing, or is it just in your state of when you're sober that the tree's you know still or it's not moving? It's like, does it matter which one is necessarily real or not real? I mean, even if you can use that word around mm. it, it's like if the world as you see around you operates in terms of your economy and your relationships with people mm. in sort of a sober world, mm. if we can call it that. Like, I think most people use that as a baseline just because everyone uses it. Right, exactly. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, the baseline. Yeah, the yeah. baseline. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, the question would be, is that even the maximum capacity of expansion? Right. Something like shrooms. Right. No, no, no. I, I agree. But I, I don't think it's the maximum capacity of expansion. Really? I think it is a, a, a expansion, an expansion. Mm-hmm. But I think the, I, the internalization that an expansion even exists beyond the baseline sober state is an important factor in the development of your thoughts and ideas. Mm. That, that's how I see it. I don't think it's the expansion. I would not though that there are different ways to tap into different levels of reality and consciousness. But I think limiting yourself to the baseline also therein limits your like imaginative hmm. expansion or 
Do you, th do you think there's like other levels to expansions or is it even linear in that sense? I mean, is there other ways to expand your mind? Other I feel like meditation for sure. Like I've heard, yeah. I haven't myself experienced those stages, but I, I hear from people because um, a big part of the, the path that I mentioned earlier that my parents are on is, is meditation. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea is to, you know, when you meditate for a certain amount of time with the techniques that they, that they teach, um, you see like inner light and you hear inner sound and like i don't think that they're lying because there's a lot of people on the path where there's regular people who have no reason to lie talk have conversation and discuss like what they see and experience mm -hmm. so i do think that there are different uh realms of consciousness that you can tap into by sort of having these outer body experiences through meditation and that's ultimately the goal is to have these outer body experiences through the technique of meditation that they teach. What have you experienced through um, meditation? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gone there yet. I mean, I mean, it takes, it takes a lot of practice. Like these are people who have been on the path practicing meditation for like 30, 40 years. Really? You know, yeah. And did you ever meet Christoph? Mm, I don't think I have. Yeah. No. Okay. But I mean, you've, you've always been, not, not 30 years, but you've, you've meditated and you've probably gone to a point where you always see some benefit in it because otherwise mm. you wouldn't have continued it. I see so. physical benefit in it. Like what? But not so much the metaphysical benefit that, you know, for example, they would. Oh, I see. Yeah. So what do, what do you see in, in physical benefit? Like The ability to have self-awareness in terms of the seemingly, um, what would you call it? This uh, reactionary habits that human beings have in terms of emotionally how I'm feeling. Like I'm so I've, it, it's been really helpful in reflecting on why am I feeling this way? You know, how do I want to feel? Um, the thoughts that I have are, are these my thoughts? Are they or are they? Do I associate with them? You know, like mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. And then that helps me live a life that's more in control, if or at least feels like in control. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you med you meditate as well, right? I've been trying more. I mean, recently, I, I definitely do start, I'm starting to see the benefits in it. Like the same mm. things you were saying. Like for me, it's been more of a thought experiment, which is more has to do with um, understanding the way that thoughts work. I think I mentioned this earlier, but just really taking the time to realize how certain thoughts come into your mind and you don't necessarily dwell on all of them and you forget some of them and some of them you linger on right away and just the way that they enter your mind and leave and just that whole process i mean just taking the time to identify that like for yeah. 15 minutes at a time i feel like that's been huge because then on a day-to-day -day, you have a random thought it's not just like a, a passive subconscious experience it's like you you understand what's happening because you've identified it so clearly so it's like I, i've seen the value there i mean i have no doubt that you can get better at it and that it has way higher capacity of benefit than anything I've experienced, but I think it's something definitely worth doing. And well, I think well, I think what you said about, uh, or I don't know if you said it exactly, but this is what I understood: the a non having thoughts without any external source of stimulation. Because like a lot of the times, I feel like I'll go through life and I have thoughts, but they're coming from events that I'm experiencing as I go through life. You know, mm -hmm. maybe whatever it may be. But when you're sitting down in silence with your eyes closed, 
you there's no external source of stimulation to provoke these thoughts mm. and then you start to well i would feel like you start to naturally ask a question where do these, these thoughts come from right how do i deal with them mm. how do right. i reactionarily how do i reactionarily deal with them i don't even know if that's a word um and then you started to understand more about yourself because this is probably the first time in a long time that you've actually just been with yourself. And I think if there's anything to take away from meditation, it's that it, it allows for you or allow, it allows for you to create time in your schedule to just be truly bored. Mm. And boredom is something that is extremely rare nowadays because there's always a source of stimulation. Always, Absolutely. always. You know, with phones is just the easiest example. You know, food even. There's no boredom when it comes to food. You always have to, with Uber Eats, you have the selection of whatever the fuck you want to eat. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And um, even with the the chemicals that they put in into uh, into food nowadays, it's curated for us to become addicted and to mm. always crave everything. Is. Everything is. Yeah, absolutely. Everything about this reality is a, is a means by which we can become more addicted to addicted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which, I, which I find interesting and I also like to ask the question why like why is that the case right like what to what end is it purely coincidental or is there something else going on I don't know I don't know I think it's through the evolution and the development of man I mean I think on paper the goal is to increase the level of comfortability and safety and enjoyment in everyday life you know because there's things that we can all agree are mundane and there's things we can all agree are pre pleasurable and things that we can all agree or enjoy but obviously it's a generalization but the whole idea is to ma uh, minimize the things that we don't want to do and maximize the things that we want to do but in that we're also not fully understanding the the concept of our, our neurochemistry and how tweaking that system and abusing it and hyper stimulating it has these huge huge implications on the rest of your life mm. i mean these these implications that were in place from tens of thousands of years ago aren't meant to be stimulated the way they are now. It's, it's the same thing with pornography. It's like yeah. why so many guys struggle with it is because we're not meant to have yeah. to fight that. Yeah, yeah, great point. You know, like yeah. we're not meant to have to sit down and try to resist that feeling. It's yeah. like it's, it's meant to be all-consuming the same way that if it's been two days without water, it's like you're going to die without it, mm, you know, mm. like those, those same understandings. If, if you ever want to know what it's like to have to try to quit an addiction, it's that same feeling. It's like mm. your body is telling you that you need to drink water. Mm. It's like, how are you ever going to resist that feeling? And it's like that whole idea of you need to have something better, some visualization of something better and some visualization of something worse. Mm. So that's that's the point. Yeah, no, idea. it's so true. We, we weren't meant to, be battling pornography addictions. No, not at all. I mean, yeah. that's why so many people are struggling with it. Yeah. And probably the same thing with these very easily accessible drugs now. Like, even weed, man. Even weed. Even weed. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's a crutch, right? With which you can use to escape reality. Mm. And I think back to meditation, why it's so important is because this is the one time where you truly face reality. Because you do you and your thoughts. What is reality? It's a product of your thoughts. And... Um, there's no escaping it yeah, yeah. It isn't that's why I think it's so powerful and it's so difficult to do like even though I can talk about it I still I still struggle to you know let's say before bed or right when I wake up um, to find the discipline in me because it's, the benefits are so immaterial they're so un, not tangible mm -hmm. so not immediate either yeah 
Yeah, and, and again, this is where the trap of instant gratification comes in. Because once you train your once you train your mind to only value results from sources that can provide this instant feeling of gratification, you start to lose touch with practices like even reading a book, right? That's why I asked you earlier why you started reading, because it's very rare to hear someone who out of general curiosity took the discipline to actually read a book because now you can just listen to podcasts, watch videos, read summaries. Like you don't have to sit through and read a book. But I think the value is also forgotten. Absolutely. Just like in meditation. Just yeah. Well, I, I pull this up here because I wanted to... I know, yeah, sorry okay. if I interrupted you what to say no, something, no. but the definition of meditation because I feel like it's such a broad term that people can just use for many different things, mm-hmm. which I think is valid. But reading definitions are always helpful. It says meditation is a practice in which an individual uses a technique such as mindfulness or focusing the mind on a particular object, thought, or activity to train attention and awareness and achieve a mentally clear and emotionally calm and stable state. Wow. Uh, that's interesting. Huh? I never actually read the definition of meditation. Hmm. No, yeah, I've never actually read it. Yeah, I feel like that summarizes it very well. Yeah, though. it does. It's, it's all about clarity. Yeah. Right, because there's no, there's no avoiding anything. Mm. When it's when it's just you and your thoughts, you know, it's like yeah. One one of the times when people face the biggest challenges in their life is when they're forced to be alone. Mm. You know, so mm. many people are grow up in their household, go to school with their friends, go to university or in dorms, and then move out with their friends. It's like so many of my friends have asked me. It's like, do you get lonely living alone, or like, what's it like living alone? Like, oh, I'm thinking of kicking out my roommate. <laughs> I'm terrified of being alone, like like all this stuff, and it's like it's a genuine poem. And for me, I think for a while, thinking of kicking my roommate. Oh yeah, <laughs> shit's been going. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, that that was a more recent one I've, I've been hearing. But no, I mean that 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 whole idea is it's like it it one forces you to face yourself, mm-hmm. and two forces you to make an effort. For those same things that you took for granted. Yes. Yo, that's huge. Yeah. Makes you put an effort into, into the things you took for granted. Because yeah. it was, because you can get them with heavy quotations. Because it's not this. I don't think it's the same end result or the same product. But you can get them easier. Like you can get that sense of calmness easier. But it's almost like. It's almost like eating candy for energy. Versus um like a healthy like complex carb meal that you have to make yourself absolutely you it's know? like the roosters still come home to roost right like yeah. at the end of the day you're still gonna have those those those, those negatives and those consequences that 100%. even if they're delayed you can delay them 100%. as long as you want but it always comes back around 100%. yeah but you technically still do get the energy yeah of course but like you just said the Same delayed one. onset results are yeah always gonna be there no i mean yeah so yeah, I mean, in the past year, I mean, it's, it's it's been a real challenge. It's like, I really have to force myself to get out of the house. And sometimes even when I don't want to, it's like, go and see people and like, talk to people and like, go make friends, I mean, moving to a new city and mm. stuff like that. But I'm so, so much more comfortable with being alone. And I think that there's like a huge, I think that there's a, a negative side to that, of course, as there is with most, most things where you can become addicted to being alone. That's when people become really, really lonely is because it's so much easier so much eventually. Easier, yeah. Once you become comfortable enough in that state, it's like it's mm-hmm. you don't even want to test it because other people are chaos. Other people are the unknown. You're the one you can control. Right. Especially now, I'm thinking like I feel like that's only an issue 
in, in this day and age because of the stimulation that we have and have access to when we are alone, mm. right? Like think back to before technology, in order to get some sort of stimulation or some sort of excitement, you would have to be around other people. There's no way you could have done it alone. Exactly. Right? You just have to go to the shitty party, you know, like there's no, there's yeah. no you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 If you were alone, you were truly alone and you wouldn't be able to escape as easily. Um, which I think has its benefits. That's why I think society is struggling so much. And especially people, I see people in my generation, you know, our, our generation, um, just so like lost and people are not, just struggling. Yeah. Just, not, not saying that I'm found, but right. But just, I don't know. I No, loss yeah. is a good way to put it. People just, I feel like people just don't know what to do mm. or even if they do know what to do, they just, have this constant feeling of like just despair and it's always there. And sometimes it's quieter, sometimes it's louder, but it never really goes away. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people there are who've had that feeling go away before, you know I mean? I think people are just becoming more comfortable with living with it and mm -hmm. looking just for the next moment where they can quiet it out. So. Mm -hmm. Did you still t touch the hot wax? Yeah. How was it? No, it's not even hot. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Um, you should touch that it's good <laughs> <laughs> oh man no, such an important conversation to have and I think it's one people are kind of afraid to have because it's so much easier to just keep running mm. and then face like the reality of the situation I want to know how you um, how you started convincing yourself or being more confident that you can live by the things that you say because I feel like it, it like we talked about before, the hard part is not necessarily determining right from wrong because mm. people can figure that out. Like we said, life is intuitive. And if you really sat down and thought about it, you could determine what's right. You could determine what's wrong. You could determine things in your life that you could be doing more. So how does that, how do you, how do you build that, that discipline? I mean, I, I'm sure you get this question every day, but it's like, no, I don't. It's a good question. Wait, what is the question? Like to, how, do, like how, how do you, how do you, Let's say you're in a, in a perfect world where your your morality and the way you want to live your life is perfectly set out in theory with its discipline and routine and the way you want to live your life and your moral guidelines are all set out in stone. How, how do you go about your day-to-day -day manifesting that and living that without compromising it ever? Or is that even like possible? Like No, no chance. You don't think so? No chance. As long as you're a human being with imperfections, it's possible. Mm. Yeah, because like it's it's in the word there, it's like imperfections. Like we're inherently imperfect. It always will be. Interesting. And so like again the You don't think it's possible to resist temptation like hundred percent holistically. Oh no. No. I don't think so. I think really? you you'll you'll always even if it's to the smallest degree, you'll always and but I think it's good though. I think it is I think it's important to fall into temptation every once in a while, even if you do try to remain disciplined. Really? Because it's from these slip-ups, it's from these lapses of concentration and these falling away from who you know you're meant to be that provide the answers to evolving to the next step of your life. Mm. It, at least that's what I found for myself. Like, if I were to be perfect, I would never actually grow. It's from the dark times where I'm you know, feeling depressed where I feel like I have no motivation, where I feel like, you know, what's the point of doing what I'm doing 
you know, no one actually cares. Like all, all these, all these thoughts that I would identify with is from those times that I'm able to be the person that I am today. And then I know for a fact that, you know, somewhere down the line, maybe it's this year, maybe it's the next, I'm going to go through another period like that because I'll have reached the point of leveling up to where I've hit the ceiling and I need to fall back down to break through the next ceiling. And that's kind of how I wow. see life. It's always, it's a constant, like it's a, what's it called? Uh, it's the, it's like a graph, right? It's the graph where from a very macro perspective, it's trending upwards. But as soon as you zoom in, there's a lot, there's all those ups and downs along the way. And it's just being able to maintain the consistency of moving forward, trusting that through the dark times comes evolution, which is when you go back up and, create the macro perspective of the of the trending upwards but you need and all you need the dark times and you also need to embrace them as well so it's having the self-awareness of this fact and uh the discipline to continue forward i think creates that momentum that um that that, that really makes like your life feel meaningful and provides some sort of purpose mm. wow so i thought about immortality right and immortality seems amazing on the surface but it seems amazing because we have no idea what a life without hardships or without fear is like and i think if you try to entertain that thought and go about that thought experiment it actually is quite a sad life you know because a lot of what's exciting about life is coming up and discovering that you are capable of breaking through the ceiling that you thought was indestructible before mm. but if you're immortal nothing matters right nothing matters Jeez. And oh, if any, if anything, life is about things having meaning, whether or not they have meaning is your assignment of the meaning to them that creates your momentum in life. Absolutely. Because if, if I didn't care about anything, if I had everything that I needed, what is there to really live for? What is there? Why would I should I move forward? I have everything I need now. There's nothing. There's no reason to take a step forward. You know, mm-hmm. why would I go somewhere else? So I actually really enjoy times where things go wrong. Like I do, really? and I've trained myself to. I used to, bro. The funny thing is, when I was younger, my parents would always make fun of me for, or not make fun of me for, but like bring it up as a flaw in my character, mm-hmm. in the sense that I would be so resistant to change. Like we moved, we let's say we had plans and plans changed. I would f- flip out because I couldn't handle the concept that um, that that something could go different than what had been previously preordained, mm-hmm. and. I think once, okay, like I, I look back on my life and I think I could have become, a, I could be a very, very different person. Could be very, very introverted, very resistant to change, very isolated. Um, it took me a lot of effort to know that who I am today and the person I am today is who I wanted to be. And then also to have the discipline to take the steps to be more extroverted, to, to do better at, you know, I, I, to be better at communicating, to practice speaking my thoughts, to practice being comfortable with who I am and and uh, be open to change and understand the, the positives in 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 uh, what's it called in the obstacles of life um, because when I was younger I very much fell into the to the the traps of comfortability like I I, I very much seek or what's it called um, I looked for comfort in every area of my life and sort of gave into it. Mm. that's why I was so resistant to change it because I wanted to remain in comfort in comfort it's almost like you wanted to you were losing your control when plans would change yeah exactly yeah. exactly and 
but now I feel like I'm the complete opposite. Like I want to go on these adventures to Portugal, to Lebanon, wherever, to Dubai, and kind of put myself out there, expose myself, and have the highest possibility, or be put put myself in situations with the highest possibility of things going wrong. Because mm-hmm. I know that no matter how difficult it is in the moment, I'm gonna I have the discipline to come out of that situation. And looking back, it'll have been a very pivotal moment in my life in terms of my evolution as a human being. Fascinating. Yeah, mm. that's kind of how I forget. How, this is a fucking good topic, though. How do we? How did you bring this up? I forget. You, you've been talking. No, I'm just listening. Like it's yeah, so sorry. interesting. <laughs> no, not at all. Like 20, I mean, 20 minute rant. Is no, over. I feel like yeah. I feel like I've asked you so many times. Like. All right, this is just what I wanted to know. I mean, like your perception has obviously changed yeah. so much. Like for those of you who don't know, like I've known Diego when we were really young, and like this yeah. this extroverted, like quiet, sort of to himself guy is the one I know. And like right. the main thing I wanted to ask you today is like how, like, yo, this is actually so cool. You know what I mean? Because you're you're a, you're a testament to or not a testament. You're a um, you're someone who can vouch for this person I'm saying that I was. That's the person I knew you as. Right. So this is this is why it's, it's so crazy to me because this is the first time like I'm really hearing all of it like all inclusively your your outlook on life, how things have changed, how you've come to be, how you've developed into this person you are, how your mentality is pushing you forward every single day. I mean, I didn't know any of this. Like this is fascinating stuff. It's just wow. wow. Fuck, I didn't even think about that. But uh, I guess I'll do the. Well, I guess I'll just. It's too late to do the intro now. We've already been talking for like over an hour, but I appreciate every one of you who tuned into these episodes. This is Parsa Tafazoli. He's gonna. I'll link him in the description of your your Instagram if you want, of course. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've known each other. So, well, I've known you since you were born. Like I was there. I was there when you not when you were born, but like you know, because me and Yasha were friends before. In the room, just chilling. Yeah, I was like, I would I would have been like two anyway, so I don't remember it. But we've we grew up together pretty much, and. And so all these things I'm talking about in my past, when I talk about how I used to think you were there to see that person that I was. Um, and I feel like I'm such a different person now that it's almost as if they're just two different realities. They are, but it, it, they're linked in the sense where you're, you're still fundamentally Diego, but it's like, it's like the core is the same, but everything around it is different. It's like, yeah. Like regardless of your your routine and your discipline and your experiences and stuff, like you're you're still the person I remember. In terms of like your own personality and your character, but mm-hmm. your your characteristics as an individual, I mean, tangible or intangible, like your your extrovertedness and your talkativeness and your conversational skills and your experiences and successes, like all of this is like completely and utterly new to me. In that you're like a completely new person. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, you know what? Because I saw you for the first time the other day in a long time. And, yeah. you know, how much you've changed in, I think it must have been like, what, two years, a year, year and a half, two it's years? It's been a while. I yeah. mean, since we like sat down and yeah, talked, yeah, it's true. been a while. But. Uh, you know what? I think it might actually be close to three or four years. Because I remember it was when I first started social media that we had that one day together where we did those, we did that workout in the park. I feel like that was the last time that we actually had like conversation yeah, totally. and did something together. And that was in 2018. Wow. Yeah, that was 2018. Cause I still have the fucking footage on my phone. All the footage, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, and dude, I really, I'm so proud of the person that you become, man. Like, I actually, it. though, yeah. 
And I honestly never would have thought that we'd sat, sit down and have conversation like this because I just didn't, I couldn't see you becoming that person. And I couldn't see myself becoming that person. And I didn't know that was a reality that could have existed. And it's so like, it's just so beautiful in a way, the way everything's worked out, you know, yeah. you're, you now you're someone that I look up to in the way that you articulate your thoughts and your curiosity for life and just just hearing about it now even like i'm, like, I'm in awe bro i'm seriously cause yeah as am i i'm like yeah i, I literally have no words like, <laughs> you're you're in confusion as to what the fuck i'm saying no not at all <laughs> you don't even know i mean it's different because, like for me like i get it it's like a lot of it is new and like we haven't talked a while but like literally every video you'd ever put out is like it was almost like um it was almost like these little like messages like you were sending to me even indirectly like obviously you're speaking to your audience but you in some sense um what's the word like you were recording and keeping track of your progress your development as a person you're putting it out i don't know how authentic authentic it was like i feel like it was very very authentic but it wasn't as much as if i had a conversation with you every yes, day but yes. it was at least some form of representation of the development and changes of your character and every single time like you would upload it, i'd watch it and i'd have that perception of you in my mind and Damn. i'd see you Damn. going to intense, i'd see you going to you know like going to these trials i'd be like good for diego he's, he's out there he's working and, I'd, and it's like a 10 second clip and i look at it and i you know turn off my phone and I go about my day but every single time i saw it i went through and all what? your answers to every mm. question on instagram and just watching you grow like one truly inspiring and two it's like like i always knew that you were going to like go in that direction and it's it just it was i don't know man fill me with so much joy like Damn, seeing bro, you do so that it's, it's definitely pretty intense bro <laughs> so intense. no like, the thing is 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 okay well first of all i remember you as the one of the first people i i actually think the first person to listen to my podcast when, yeah. I first, when I first started making episodes and you would tell me that you would listen to them and it would make me so happy just knowing that someone who like such as yourself who I was this close with actually valued what I had to say enough to like listen to a podcast yeah. that we're probably looking back so shit but I don't know that I, it's just when you talk about seeing my, my content I guess it, it goes back that far to you being the, the, literally the first person to yeah, to tune into this. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you something. I, I don't know if you're going to believe this or not, but even like when you put out that one with, um, I can't remember, Moose Sahail, is that his name? Yeah, it was a, a podcast with him. You're, you're sitting um, just across from him. A lot of talk about like the yin-yang and stuff like that. Just Oh, Daniel. Yeah, that, is that yeah, Daniel? Yeah. Okay. Just the way that you were putting your like thoughts together and your, your conversational skills and like how it was so apparent that like, you had developed so much as a person in, in terms of your sociability and your storytelling and your articulation and even just your thought process and everything you were thinking. Like I was like losing some of my relation to you in that like you were less of a person I remembered and that you had developed so far to someone I couldn't even recognize. And it was so, so crazy to see that where I was like, this person's like not even nearly the person I remember him to be. Fuck. That's you kind of I mean? sad even, on my hand because that means how long it's been since I saw you. Very, very long. And... That's also kind of crazy to think about. I never would have, I never picked, I never. No, I mean, yeah. it's the same way that it's like if you, you were watching like these figures and these influencers online, it's like even someone like Jordan Peterson or Andrew Tate, like these people who are common that you can't necessarily associate yourself with. Like, even if you had known them when you were younger, it's like I almost got some of that flavor watching your content. It was, it was really, really interesting for me. Like, 
just just seeing that happen and like that that sort of disconnect where you didn't really feel like a, a human who was like on my level in that sense I don't know if that like makes any sense in that the way I said it but like no it does it's just I, I, I'm just thinking to the power and of perception and social media in particular how we put these people on I'm not saying you put me on a pedestal but when I think to people like Jordan Peterson Andrew Tate like you put these people on a pedestal as if they are greater than you and then when you if you were to bring them into like, let's say we have a conversation with Andrew Tate tomorrow you'd probably be realizing oh he's just a human being just a human and he has flaws when he talks he doesn't he, not all of his ideas are perfect you know he he's not perfectly articulated even though he's exceptionally good at it you know and and, and in, in a way this is part of the problem of social media is losing the humanity with other human beings. Absolutely. And so I don't know. I just, that just crossed my mind talking about it, but I should, I should probably do the intro. Oh, I just did the intro. No, I just did the intro. I forget. I've got Alzheimer's. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, Yeah, no, we're, fuck man. (laughs) (laughs) I think you made a good point there. (laughs) Thanks, thanks. Um, can't we know each other for like 20 years now? But my whole life. Yeah. Like, man, man. It's crazy. It's crazy when you like really sit back and you look at everything. It's like times have really changed. Okay, I got a question for you. Please. So I remember the last time we hung out, we were you were just getting into working out. And now, obviously, you've created a physique for yourself that is night and day between what you had then. And the, I know the discipline it takes behind not only finding a reason to, to enjoy going to the gym every day and, and seeing that progress, but because it, it isn't, because you, like you said before, the progress isn't always evident on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So finding the discipline and motivation to do that is not an easy task, but also Why? Like, why did you feel like that was something that you needed to do? I'm assuming for some reason greater than yourself. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I think it it ties back to what I was saying earlier when the first time people live alone, it's like the first time they're faced with themselves. And the first time I was truly alone, like obviously I I was in boarding school for two years, but when I went to university, I was fully living alone. And especially when I moved away from the student apartment I was living in a place that was separate from all my friends and it was a point where I was sort of forced to self-reflect and I really just did not like what I was seeing I mean it was like very very depressive like I was struggling making friends school was completely online I was in a new city I was forcing myself out there to go I was like doing like looking all these like theory videos like things it was crazy to me because I'd never struggled with it before like any of the I was so comfortable I I thought it was great at making friends I thought it was great with girls and I never had any problem with it never had any problem with self-confidence and all these stuff were like these like placebo effects that had just built up over time and like there there was probably some truth and some in that confident sociability and stuff but when I was facing that turmoil I really just looked at myself and I was like man like I really have so much so much given to me like just in terms of the circumstances of my life and even like the privilege of my family and the the uniqueness and the luck and it's like I felt so undeserving of it like all of it and like that's been like the greatest quarry of my life it's like 
I don't know. I mean, it feels sort of inappropriate to talk about, but like, I'll just mention it briefly. It's like when you're a child of someone who, when you, when people, there's, there's a lot of respect put on someone who came from nothing to something financially or like someone who had nothing and worked and groveled and built themselves a life. And then there's so much like, like negative connotations with being the product of that person. It's like, you didn't work for anything you have. You just enjoy it. And like that, Thought. How crazy is that though, huh? Because think about crazy. it. I feel like if you're able to enjoy what you have, that is life in, in itself. Like it's enjoyment. But Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's something real in it, but the, the, because it's like, well, let's say you want to work for 10 years and make millions of dollars. You want your kids to have that, you know, you mm-hmm. put in that work for them, but it's like in giving them that you're also doing a lot of things where you're not showing them the value of money and like, I grew up in like this, like such a bubble where like the value of money, like, like perceptions and things like it was like all like misconstrued and like it all hit me all at once to the point where I was like this life that I'm living, I don't deserve it at all. Like not nothing I do. Like I'm like this piss poor waste of space, like trash, like, like where I'm not really doing anything. You You know, like, yeah, I mean like I, I genuinely felt like I wasn't really, I, I felt like I was lazy. I had poor work ethic. I was doing everything that I was meant to do. I had to sit around and playing video games. I had all these like vices and addictions. Like it all like compounded, like, you know what Holy I mean? Shit. And like, so you were able to come out of that situation and become the person that you are today. I mean, yeah, like that's the positive way to look at it. I mean, I was like, how do I, and that's when I started reading. I mean, you look at I was like, okay, well, how do I get a solution out of this? Like I'm, I didn't want to give up on myself. Obviously I was just, struggling and struggling and how I was just scouring the internet everything like how do I make my life less suffering than it is now because one I was suffering because I felt like shame for everything I had but two I felt guilty that I had everything I had and then felt shitty on top of it because it was like it was like how how is it possible that I can have this amazing life and then call myself like depressed like I felt like so like undeserving of that label even it was like an inception of of like because you were upset or you were feeling some of a way about your situation and then the situation made you feel it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way or exactly it it was like it was like just the one thing was fueling the other and they were fueling themselves it was like that that negative feedback loop i guess you could call it but yeah, so I, I don't know. I guess I just broke things down to the very, very, very logical. And I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe if I had, if I had, if I was doing one thing on top of all the shitty things in my life, if I was doing one thing that I was doing that I was proud of every day that I felt genuinely good about, that I had no shame towards, then that would be a victory. And that was just how it started. I mean, it was literally that. It was that. It was 1% at a time. And it was like, I would look at a photo of myself, like from the beach, like a year ago, like 138 pounds, like looked like a skeleton. I was like, I don't like head down, like bad posture, like not confident, like really unhappy. And like all these thoughts sort of came out from Shroom Trip, actually. Well, I'll get back to that after. But um, yeah, all these these thoughts of like, um, like low self-esteem, like low self-worth and like all my... Even like working out and everything like happened because of that basically. But wait, the negative thoughts or the positive thoughts? Well, both essentially. I mean, all all my realizations came from that one specific trip, that like super intense trip. But like 
all my like positive feedback and like not positive feedback but all the positive Dry. reactions yeah. of that like yeah. like working out and oh, stuff I see what you're like all sort of I guess like happened after that on yeah, top of yeah, that yeah but so the the shroom trip was a catalyst for these positive was a catalyst. yeah exactly that's the okay. word yeah so I mean I don't know I mean with working out specifically <laughs> wait 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 so you said the shroom trip was a bad trip oh right? it was awful but so let's but it was a catalyst for a good thing so there's no such thing as bad or good is what you're, is Bro, really I don't know. I, I felt like the house was on fire at one point. Like I was genuinely going to die. Like it was. But really, but imagine really if it was death. like quote unquote amazing. You probably wouldn't have felt the need to change. Yeah. Right. You're probably so, right. So bad and good is always an interesting binary that I feel people throw around and categorize things so easily. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about it later. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, I've actually heard that it's like there's no such thing as a good or bad trip. Just a challenging trip versus an easier one. Like. Kind, kind, that's kind of where I was going I, I was going to bring it more into like yin and yang like this is why I love yin and yang is because mm-hmm. I feel like it explains life and it's, it's amazing how something so simple such a simple image can explain every concept in life but uh, we'll talk about that in a second I'll keep going with your why you kept improving sure I mean yeah yeah it, it's one of those things it's like it's like as you put in your plan in place it's not going to be a great plan but your my vision started to clear I mean the first thing I started doing was just going to the gym every day I mean it was like I had really no friends in Ottawa or like, or like a couple or like there was a period when I started working out, like when I noticed the most results was after my first year had ended and everyone had gone home. Like I had no friends there and I was just got a membership at the place. Like, like I, I had nothing to do my day to day. I just all this time. And I was like, okay, I've got nothing to do. I'm just going to go work out every day. That's just going to be a thing I'm going to do that. I'm going to feel good about that. I'm going to do every single day. And I started doing it and I would just go in there Maybe I knew 12 different exercises, no, nothing about muscle groups, nothing about legs, arms, split, nothing. I would just go, okay, I'm hitting some curls now. Okay, I'm doing some press now. Okay, I'm doing some shoulders now. All Every time I do, I just do pick like a different medley of what I was doing. And yeah. then I was like, okay, well, this is a little bit easier. Yeah. I can do a heavier weight now. And then like, you know, knowledge compounds and yeah. you talk to people and, oh, this guy also goes to the gym all the time. And he's way more knowledgeable than me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to start talking to him and like, so it, cool. it built it built like crazy i mean yeah. it was like like all of that compounds and like your vision starts to clear and it's like okay well maybe the reason that i was struggling with like even like dating or like getting with the girls is like okay well maybe i don't have maybe i don't necessarily associate with myself myself with a lot of value maybe that's maybe i'm experiencing that lack of confidence and it's like okay well i don't drive i don't cook i don't have my driver's license I don't know how to cook. I don't I'm out of shape. <laughs> how do you think I feel? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I killed that. Oh, uh, not uh, at all. I killed the vibe. No, I mean, I, I was in the same, I was like, I was like, I didn't necessarily see the value in it. I was like, well, you know, gig economy, I can take Uber if I really need to. Buses are all over the city. I, I was in the same boat. I was like, I didn't need, but this is, Something that a driver's license is something you don't know how freeing and liberating it is until you experience it. And I'm sure you've been heard, told this a thousand so times, times yeah. but like uh, telling you as someone who's like riddled with anxiety, who like driving in a car with like someone who like drives a little bit too fast or like a little bit too recklessly is like it, it, fuck, it used to like fuck with my mind and like just the idea that someone can like swerve into your car and like people might like honk at you and shit like this shit used to like fuck with me like hella, but after you... Wow find that like confidence and the flow a little bit like driving becomes like really really pleasurable really calming even like just going on a drive and then that feeling of like 
having your keys and being able to go anywhere in the world yeah no one can stop you yeah. very liberating interesting very very liberating like my version of the car is the plane because i can buy tickets and just go where the fuck i want yeah i mean you, yeah. you can go anywhere you want already yeah. but it's like yeah yeah no yeah. But you're, you're right there's must be an element of driving that i have yet to experience there is i mean yeah it's also like that feeling of flooring the pedal to the metal on like a fast car like that's a feeling like you that you won't get anywhere else either wow you know like i went through high school all my car friends like a car drives by and he's like oh that's a lamborghini s30 2012 i was like it's a green car like relax <laughs> you know and i was always yeah. like that but now i'm sitting in the car with him and like an m230 <laughs> goes by and we're both like looking at like damn did you see that like it's crazy how things change like when wow. you start to see the appeal in things mm. but yeah i mean like I, your, your vision starts to clear and you start to see the, like the things in my life that needed work made themselves clear to me. Because you just took action. Exactly. On one thing. Like Jordan Peterson, like you told Jordan Peterson. So. Yeah. yeah. Just, I just set one plan into yeah. place and then I learned to cook. You know, I yeah. started messaging my mom. She was through the moon. I was wow. like, how do I make kebab? How do I, wow. what should I do? Like what veggies are good? And like she was like over the moon, which was another like huge like privilege where I have like these parents were so willing and so supportive and like so many resources that like for a while I felt like so undeserving mm. of. but like the the more and more I'm learning about myself the more I'm learning that I don't necessarily have to feel guilt for the things that I have yeah. I but the way I get over that guilt is by like actualizing my full capacity I was just gonna say how do you view that now because I feel like that's the healthiest way to view it. it's like you have all these resources. How can I maximize this? How can yeah. I maximize myself with the resources that I have? And yeah, man, this that's fucking amazing. I love the, I love the cooking part. That's funny. The, cooking, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. I'm cooking, cooking is also very therapeutic. Yeah, you cook yeah. like fucking crazy. I, yeah. I'm preaching to the choir here, but like, no, you're, but you're right though. It's it is therapeutic. It's, yeah, very very therapeutic. I mean, even now, like, I don't really have the as much time like during school, but whenever I have like. A lighter day of assignments or anything i'll set a time aside to cook and it changes everything you know what i love doing too is just like not cooking with a recipe let's say i take mushrooms oh yo oh, that's crazy dude i did this i did this in portugal so i sometimes i did it sometimes i do it out of necessity like i only have these random ingredients and i try to make something good out of it yeah. or sometimes i have an abundance and then i try to make something interesting so i was in portugal and i was uh i was i went to my friend's place and there was a few people over and they were having dinner, but it wasn't vegetarian. Mm -hmm. I had to make my own thing. And they only had like mushrooms and a bunch of spices. And I had to come up with something that, and I don't like mushrooms. I had to come up with something that tasted good. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went crazy. Like I put like cinnamon on it. Then I put like this, this, yeah, yeah like this honey on it. And, and like I, bro, and they tasted fucking amazing. Really? It was the best mushrooms. I, I have it on video as well. I have the best mushrooms I've ever had. And it was just because I was bored and I had, I had, this, I had, uh, I was coming from a place of necessity, right? So it forced that creative element that I feel like we all have as human beings out of me and sort of manifested in like these amazing mushrooms. But I just find it funny because, um, you know, you write cooking so therapeutic, but especially when you tap into the creative side of things too, it unlocks yeah. this like whole different world because now you become a chemist. Right? You start unlocking these different flavor profiles and like you start allowing, you start creating experience or creating um, things with which you can experience things that you've never experienced before, like different tastes. Or I can see why being a chef would be so fun, 
right? Because yeah. that's all you do is you're a chemist. You you experiment with different flavor profiles and see what you can create next. And mm. like I, I think the thing with me is I the reason why I have a hard time pinpointing exactly what I want to do is because I can see the value in everything. Yeah. Like when you're talking about computer science and coding, I was like, bro, this sounds so fun. But I'm not a computer science guy. I'm not I'm not like a inherently very good at mathematics, but I could see like the way that you were explaining it to me, maybe it was your passion leaching into me. I felt that love for it in mm. that moment that you were talking to me about it. Like I've talked to chefs and they're talking to me about cooking. Like I feel the love for it. I'm like, yo, I could be a chef, but like Really? So like, I don't know. If, I don't know. I kind of went off tangent a little bit, but I don't. Know no, if no, you can no. Actually, to that. I actually wanted to add something on top of that. One of the biggest paradigm shifts I've had recently, like in the past year, is that I'm a firm believer that you can like or love or feel passion for anything given the right circumstance. Mm, like yeah. people talk about like like the biggest example for me is like, oh, you know, I don't like country music. I only like rap music. Or all of my friends, I don't like electronic music. I only like rap music. Yeah, yeah. and it's like. I really like both of them. And yeah. the reason why is because I there was a time when I used to not like electronic music. And how it would go is, you know, Yasha would sit in the car and he'd play his little banging song. Like, <laughs> you know, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And you're sitting there like, turn this shit off. And he's like, no, I like it. I'm just going to play it. Yeah. And then you have no power. Just listen to it. You know, you protest and you don't like it. And you're like, oh, well, I'm going to play a song after <laughs> you play Jason Derulo. You're like, fuck you. you know? <laughs> but like, that's how it would go. Yeah. You know, but like, you get into a setting where you go to like a music festival yeah. and you're surrounded by people that's like just burning passion for this mm. one sound and suddenly energy builds on top of beyond just the physical of like the sounds mm. that you're hearing. And then yeah. you get you get the intensity of the bass and the, yeah. the faces and the love of the crowd. And like yeah. I fell in love with it. And it was crazy how yeah. it shifted my mind. And it's like, is that really how it works with everything? I believe so. I've, I think you're right. Like something is like mundane as country music. Like people like love that shit. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe if you take the right con circumstances, you have the right story, yeah. you relate to it on the same level as the singer does. It's like, maybe you can build those connections the same way that those people do. Yeah. I so. think you're thinking, I never thought about it like that. Well, that's so true. Yeah. It's like my, my friends will be like, I don't like electronic music. I'm like, come to a festival with me. Like you'll fall in love with it. It's like the same way that I did. And mm. you bring them there and it's like, you see their faces mm. and they're going through that same process that mm. you were. And they're like, how have you not shown me this sooner? It's like, I've been trying. Yeah. The context matters. Context and, is huge. And surroundings and environment. Yeah. And I think also the words that you use are very important. Like, you know how you, you're, I feel like, okay, I'll just speak for myself. I'm so quick to, or I was so quick to shut things down. Mm -hmm. I don't like country music. I'll never listen to country music. It's funny because my, I, I, my love for country music came from being with a friend when I was in Chicago who, when we would drive places, only country music. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Until I realized, you know what? Why am I resisting? Why am I so turned off and immediately shut off without real any real reason or any good reason mm. without giving it a proper chance and then what i did is i tried to understand why he loves country music and then i tried to adopt that same feeling just by being with him while he's listening to country music and then i felt it and now i realize why it's good because yeah. everything has something in it to be loved absolutely yeah. i mean some things might be shallower than others i mean like reality tv has this like like mind melding sort yes. of dulling effect that makes it kind of easy to like fall into and slouch into yeah. we all know it's garbage and low quality and there's much better things out there but understand why people like it is 
like understand it and then reject it like that's yes, the most important thing 100%. to do you know like blatantly rejecting something and not taking it at its full value is like the biggest mistake you can make but that takes self-awareness to be able to a huge have, amount of self-awareness to be able to remove your ego in a way out of the equation and um again that's where i think things like mindfulness and and journaling and meditation is so important because that's a time where you are removing your ego from the equation mm-hmm. you know it's, it's you and your ego essentially right you're, you're speaking to your ego you're you're um yeah you're you're communicating with it um and i think i think it's impossible to be a human being on this earth living this experience removes completely from your ego i think your ego is what anchors you to this mm. to this reality um on like somewhat of a spiritual level but i think it's not impossible to separate yourself from it consciously in moments during this reality because there are times where it is beneficial to understand what is instinctual what is is clouded and what is the correct you know way to move forward and a lot of the time it does require an intense amount of self-awareness and discipline to stick to that self-awareness because it's one thing to be self-aware and it's another thing to actually follow through with what you know you have to do mm-hmm. you know? yeah and oftentimes i feel like that's the harder part just yeah. following through on it yeah. Yeah. yeah otherwise otherwise everyone would be perfect because everyone would just sit and think and be perfect yeah but you can't sit and think you actually have to do or be perfect right, right. <laughs> yeah true <laughs> yeah. a small little caveat <laughs> No, my point is like, you could just think about being perfect and therefore you would be perfect, but yeah. you actually have to fall through with the actions of, but well, we already have a perfect conversation, like how it's an intangible, intangible, idealistic thought. It's, yeah, it's an unattainable, yeah. unattainable goal. <clears throat> I don't think this again, but... <laughs> This man's downing water. <laughs> what time is it? Also, guys, let me know if you want Josh as a guest for the night audit. We can definitely make that happen. He's a little bit shy, so part two is coming out next Monday. Every Monday night, we have an episode of the night audit because Monday it's like moon, moon is night, the night audit. Fuck, did you get that or not? All right.